they have to be better. Good, uh, good commentary there from the Los Angeles Galaxy color commentators as uh, FC Dallas handed Los Angeles a nice beat down in their own house. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Welcome, everyone, to Big D After Dark. When the lights go down, we go live. It's good to have you all with us. We'll know other folks and other viewers will be joining us. Feel free to share the feed on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever it is that you're watching. And if you're an FC Dallas fan, give us a shout-out in the comments. Let us know your question, your comment, your reaction to this past week's action. And there was a lot of action that we'll get to tonight from the Open Cup to the LA game and with North Texas SC as well. And a lot of action this coming week. All right, so I'm your host, Nathan Hill, at Nathan J. Hill. You can follow me there on Twitter. Over there next to me, um, I always get it wrong, is uh, Tommy LaBeouf, at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Below me, Ishmael Belcora, at Belcora Isma. And down in the corner, all right, getting his scarf out. Let me get my, my Brick Shea Science scarf going. Hello, too. everybody. Jose Carmona, at El Chico Carmona. And we'll begin with just a statement, public statement I need to make, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I need to make a public statement because <laughs> I have to admit at this point in the season uh, with this FC Dallas team, I have been very critical of Emma Tumasi. I have appreciated his role on the team and, and thought, you know, he's been a, a, he would be a good depth piece. But I think Emma ha- has done enough at this point in the season to earn the starting job and earn the support of cynical FC Dallas supporters like myself. So so uh, so it's a done deal. It's a done deal. I'm on the Emma Tumasi bandwagon. Um, there. I said it. It's official. It's official. All right. Okay. I guess I'll start talking now on the pod. I, I mean, I was, I was going to stay silent the whole time as a form of silent protest, but I guess I'll participate just a little bit. Well, hey, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. well let's, let's just start with the Open Cup. Let's work our way back, back through time and to the present day. And let's start with the Open Cup match against Sporting Kansas City um, on Tuesday night. You know, uh, I'll, I'll throw up some highlights in a minute. I, I I think I'm torn between this. On one hand, yes, disappointing that the team couldn't find a way, especially after getting two goals away, which is a pretty good formula for success uh, in any situation. Uh, disappointing for them not to go further on in the tournament. Um, so I think we are right to be disappointed. But on the other hand, too, we saw in both matches a lot of reserves get minutes, a lot of young guys um, working their way back to fitness or just getting that taste of major league level soccer. And uh, so the, there is some positives, I think. And I guess that's my question to you all. Disappointing that, that about that Open Cup game, up two goals to, to nil and then to give up two goals one at the death that just oh, heart, a gut a gut wrencher and then two goals in extra time that you really just pretty much gifted to the team uh to to your opponent just a difficult match but on the other hand the bunch of young guys out there Thomas Roberts gosh finally getting on the field Ooh. yeah Thomas Roberts i know uh you know, maybe we shouldn't expect too much. So let's get, get some reactions to this Open Cup. FC Dallas is out of the Open Cup. Uh, Jose, I want to start with you on this one. Uh, can we take positives from this short run in the Open Cup this year? Of course we can. I mean, we got to at least see some players that were cursed by. We got to see Shun in action. We got, I know I know the guys were having a, a, 
a good fun at, at uh, Bartlett's expense. Uh, and honestly, you 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 saw. I thought I thought they played well for for about a half, but then you know I think we saw what happens when you play a lot of reserves who are not in form, who are not game fit, and you, we saw players just start to fade. You know, it's and 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 that's basically uh, that's something that a home team can 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 prey on, and you know I hate KC, but. You know, it, you you wish the team would have found a way to hold on a little bit longer, but that that red card kind of kind of kind of sealed the deal, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It made it just made. I mean, and you think you're going to hold on for a couple more minutes, right? And then you know, this is soccer, right? It, it is, but I'm just saying we we all knew that second goal was coming, and, and that red card just kind of made it possible. You know, it, it was basically. We we had hope until that red card came in, but honestly, the team had faded so badly at that time. I I hate to say it, but I, I pretty much stopped watching at this point because I knew a man down, and with the team as gas as it was, that it was over. You know, I I don't usually stop watching uh, FC Dallas games, but I, I saw the writing in the wall at that point, and I was like, you know, um, the red card pretty much sealed the deal. And after that, I knew, and like I said, with all the exhaustion, there was no way they were going to be. Let's face it, KC had the momentum on top of that. And honestly, it, it shames me to say that I stopped watching the game, but it, it is what it was. You know, it, it's you can take into solace that some of the reserves played well. You know, they did. But they just weren't in game shape to go that long. Credit to Majoma's goal. That was a really nice goal from him. Good to see him have that moment. But yeah, a forgotten it, man, by the way. We, we were yeah. like, where'd Majoma go? And yeah. another guy like Shun. People talk about Shun not getting minutes, but Majoma was was a guy who was fighting for starting time last season and has all, all but disappeared this year. Mm-hmm. Ishmael, what about you? What are your thoughts on the Open Cup exit? I mean, so I think you can make commentary on like specific players, like. I think this basically writes off Shone until he can actually perform because I think the giveaway was inexcusable. Um, He's off to hunger, I, uh, hunger yeah. again. Yeah, it, I mean, I honestly think this. There's only been I, I thought Bartlett's performance for what it was was mostly fine, just because I see a lot of Hedges' first year in him. Because although Hedges could defend back then, Bart um, Bartlett really can't. They're, Bartlett's just a bigger size um, like version of Hedges of in his first year, just a little bit older. And this is a new era in MLS where you really can't develop those old uh, draft picks as long as you as long as it is wanted. I mean, the, again, you can make side commentary. The the most disappointing part of this game was. I think time and time again, the ownership, especially Dan, talks about how important um, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is. It's got the name of our creator, right? That's it's it's there is an emphasis to it. So I mean, I think most people understand why you wouldn't roll out a starting eleven against Tulsa, and I don't think any of us really demanded that in this game as well, considering our schedule. But like what I said in the last pod. 
I expected light rotation because I thought they would actually take it seriously. Um, given that this is SKC, this is an MLS opponent, this is an important trophy for the club. But not only did they bring, they, they started like basically a B team, there's only like Jesus and Velasco on the bench who were starters. Well, not like, and Martinez. Not players that would like hunker down a game like Hedges, players that could like flip the switch of a game like Paxton. So, I mean, to me, that just tells me that the club didn't doesn't didn't value the Open Cup this year. <coughs> that can be a good thing or a bad thing. I just, I mean, given the context about why it's important to this team, it is disappointing. Yeah, I hear. You. I mean, and Sporting Kansas City fielded a, a pretty heavy reserve team as well, and so maybe that gamble sort of paid off a bit. But uh, I, I also I, I hear you. I think they Sporting Kansas City had some better pieces to pull off the bench, at least with some energy that proved to our detriment. And, uh, and we didn't have as much depth. I mean, Thomas Roberts looks so lost in his limited time. I like what, what Redzik brought. Redzik was energetic. He was all, he was running around. But, you know, there's only so much you can do at that point. Redzik played time. better than Velasco for 20 minutes. I mean, I don't know yeah. what to tell you all, but he played yeah. much better than Velasco when he was subbed on. Tom, any thoughts from you? You're muted. Oh, you're muted, Tommy. It, it happens. <laughs> yeah. I have to it. I did it so I wouldn't make any noise. Um, it just seems like FC Dallas didn't really game plan for this game compared to the LA Galaxy. You, you know, you just didn't see like there was a game plan. Hey, just go out there and play. You didn't see the intensity. You, you saw the negligence on the field. Uh, Tafari passing it to Cirillo, who just like lollygagged it to the other team. And then you see O'Brien missing the wide open goal. You just don't see that stuff in MLS games, and it's it was just uh, it's hard to it. I, after the FC Dallas game against the Galaxy, I was like, well, did, you know, we didn't try. <laughs> it just seemed that way. It was just. And I also it's, it's I want to, I want to add on to what Ishmael was saying and and point out that the team has an excellent excellent reserve team, one of the top reserve teams out there, and they could have called up some of those guys. Up that are in form and, and are used to playing against some of the same players that were out there in Sporting Kansas City. And okay, so maybe maybe their ceiling isn't as high as 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 some of these guys that, that FC Dallas rolled out. But these kids are in form. They've been playing all season and they would have been able to integrate and not miss a beat. And they would certainly not have been gassing at the end of the day. And they, they play the same system and it just baffles me that you've got an excellent reserve team still currently the second te- the best record in, in MLS next pro. And, and you really didn't really call hmm. anyone from that team up other than Bartlett. You had, you, you could have called up four or five guys that would, that would have gotten the job done and would not have been dying out there in the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the match. That's that's sad. That's yeah. sad. That's how you know yeah. they didn't take it serious. It's, it's like, isn't that what that reserve team is there for? I, I know, I know it serves many purposes, but shouldn't that be one of the purposes? Is U.S. Open Cup? I'd like to see some of those guys from that excellent reserve team at least get loaned up to play for the U.S. Open Cup. Very disappointed that that didn't happen. De- definitely it was disappointing. 
Definitely a good thought. Um, of course, Sporting Kansas City followed up their their extra time victory, um, really with two goals that, gosh, Edwin Cerrillo was involved in. It just tough tough night for him. Uh, but but Sporting Kansas City followed that up by getting steamrolled by Portland there, seven to there what was still the seven to two. Yeah, Five there are two? still people who say that Peter Vermees isn't on the hot seat. I really do not understand that commentary. Yeah. They suck this year, but I'm not gonna like. They don't in the Open Cup because it's that's they love that trophy, but they suck this year. It's insane. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Good. All right. I was having some issues with our comments here. I'm glad to see our buddy. Uh, our our buddy Hoster says, "Sup, all you sexy dads." Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, granddad for you, oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the Open Cup. I you know, I think in my big D, my after dark article on BigDSoccer.com, I, I just said, you know, how a coach approaches the Open Cup does speak a lot to how they value the competition and how they're juggling all the competing demands of, of, of a year. And I understood why per- Peter Vermes ran out of reserve league <coughs> team because his, I mean, his team has not been playing well. So you want to rest guys. You want to get guys in the right mind. You don't want to overtext your already injury depleted squad. Um, and, and, but, and I didn't mind Nico doing that as well, giving some guys minutes, gr- helping them grow in confidence so they can become, uh, you know, a factor down the stretch. So I think the positive is, is that this team did show some depth. Frank O'Hara has gotten minutes of both these open cup games. It keeps him going and in the mix. We, we saw Shun. We saw some other guys get some minutes. It helps uh, them, but did we see enough for some of the guys? No, no. You know, I think there's still, still some question marks out there and you miss a chance to, to maybe keep running out some of these guys in those upcoming matches. But on the other hand, Hey, there'll be a little less uh, fixture congestion down the stretch. So let's. So it, it is. Uh, it's an interesting situation. But let, let's let's keep going and let's talk about how FC Dallas responded, going to uh, LA Galaxy and winning three to one. What a, a, a big win and a way win! And of course, I'm going to start off right the bat, right off the bat, and give credit to Ishmael here because uh, Ishmael last week and on the pod here said. When we talked about the ceiling of this team, said, you know, we've got some away results. We've got some draws, some points on the road, which is great, which is better than last year. But let me see that those away wins, and then we'll start talking about a higher ceiling. And FC Dallas finally broke through and got it done. And those three goals were just classic, counterattacking, taking advantage of LA Galaxy's overcommitment. Um, and of course, L- yeah, and LA, LA Galaxy's like just dis uh, disorganization, and, and it's just not a great team this year. They're definitely a team in transition under a first-year head coach. Um, gave up one goal off a set piece, which fine, it happens, but uh, really were unlikely not to come away with more goals. I think I think Dallas did enough to to be in contention for a couple more. A huge win for this team. Um, as they prepare to face Vancouver. So let's just get our reactions to this match. It was a fun match. It was a joyful match. We're going to watch some highlights. Uh, we'll tar- start with you this time, Tommy. Yeah, well, I think we exposed the back line of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, the first goal, O'Brien got, they were playing high. 
and uh, Obreon gets, you see right here how high they were. Obreon beats him getting back. It looks like uh, Galaxy is suffering from so, you know, a back line that's kind of slow. I think the, the other goal is, well, either that or they were playing very high. And uh, the one that Farfan stole the ball and hit, you know, Ferreira was another situation where they were trying to, you know, commit too many people up. But, but also, I mean, we, we, we didn't talk about this at Kansas City. We didn't have Areola play, right? I don't think Areola played. So, uh, look, you know, he's a, he's a difference maker. The guy's motor just doesn't stop there. And, but also, uh, the other thing is, what a year Paxton's having. Paxton, you know, his, his passes is just, we're seeing the guy, you know, starting to flourish and, and make these assists and, and you know, uh, passes that have the eyes on him and it's just going right to the player. So, uh, great, great win by FC Dallas. Ishmael, what about you? Your thoughts? Um, so like, I think the main thing that I took away from this game was the star quality specifically of Paxton and of Jesus, uh, because my goodness, I think, I think truly if, if Jesus keeps this run up, he's definitely not even just in contention, but the, the main choice for MVP, if he keeps this up. And I also think like like Tom was saying with Paxton, um, he does so much work off the ball, on the ball, and I also think that the fact that he he got an assist in that in this game, but since he's not drawing up those like ten like five goal five assist like numbers, we we'll be able to keep him a little bit longer. Yet he continues to perform at this level, which is always great for us. The other thing I want to talk about is like we're talking about how bad Galaxy was. There was a crazy stat by one of the writers of MLSsoccer.com is that before this game, throughout the whole season, L.A. conceded one goal from open play. One goal. And then they conceded three against us. Now, maybe the one goal was like a a false narrative just driven from like bad teams and this is how they've been able to play. But that also shows that their defense has been stout. Even if it's against – maybe they're playing poor teams – they're still playing very strong. Like that, those two, like it's, it was a uh, Williams and I think Koulibaly. Um, they, they like throughout the season they've performed very well. I Here they just got one of them was injured. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. one okay. of them wasn't there that match. Okay, no, it's it was Koulibaly and Williams. Both of them were starting for this game. Um, oh, oh! I'm talking about Gasper, their 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 left back. Oh, he was, their left back. Yeah, that that, that may have helped back. a little bit. Yeah, Gasper had a rough first outing, but again, I mean, you take who you play, and I think they were able still to play very well against those center backs, being able to pull them out of position. Jesus's run on that third goal, Gasper shouldn't be the only one tracking him. That's again pulling the center backs out of position. Something the team has done very well. So I mean, the main so the thing I take from this is that. The FC Dallas attack is just exquisite at being able to pull apart defenses and create these gaps for like intricate passing, um, create these opportunities. And if they continue to do it, LA Galaxy, again, is a top side in the Western Conference, at least right now. So if you can do it against LA, then you should be able to do it against Vancouver on Wednesday. You should be able to do it against Orlando when we go to Florida in a couple of weeks. And when we go back to LA, when we play LAFC, like – Again, 
hoping that we can keep it consistent on the road and be able to just pull apart defenses. Maybe that doesn't result in wins all the time, but just to be able to show that Jesus just running off the ball, Paxton pressing, Ariola, Velasco, O'Brien just speeding past, uh, Siki doing Siki things. Um, I mean, the, the consistency, if it can be done on the road, is, uh, will be incredible. Mm-hmm. Jose, your thoughts? We, we got a good question coming up, but your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts my thought is this is a fantastic win. We all know that. We all, I know we're all stressing out over the fact that we're, oh my God, we're up 3-0. Can we hold on? <laughs> but it was a comfortable win. You know, it was just our minds playing with it. I mean, I don't think at any time the team was in danger of losing, uh, you know, allowing really the Galaxy to get back into the match. And and it's it's a coach's dream win. Your team won on the road, looked fabulous for like the first 30 minutes, and then made a bunch of mistakes, played, you know. There's some things in the seven minutes that, in the, in the last 70 minutes that you can basically harp on in practice so i mean as a as a coach you gotta say yes perfect not only did we win big on the road and win comfortably but you guys made made, you know had a lot of hiccups in the last 70 minutes that we need to work on so i think i think this is basically what you call a a uh, what do you call it a signature win that's that's what it was. It's we needed a signature win, and and I know we're harping on on the Galaxy defense, but Galaxy and FC Dallas entered this match as the two uh, toughest defense to score on, and I mean Dallas made it look like a Swiss cheese defense, and that tells you the potential of this attack. That's what it is. Is is this attack has a lot of weapons, and when they're clicking. This team looks scary. Um, yes, yes, it has weaknesses. Yes, it has issues. But come on, we had three guys that are not starters out there who, by the way, thanks to Open Cup play, were in good enough form that they could step right in and right. the team didn't miss a beat. O'Brien, you had Jimmy, Jimmy and then and you have Tafari. All three of them got regular minutes in the Open Cup, and that's – the usefulness of staying in the open cup is you got those guys come in and like I said, not skip a beat. O'Brien, my God, he as far, as far as I'm concerned, he had the best game he's had all year. I, I, I'm not, you know, okay, maybe it wasn't a perfect game, but I'm just saying he was terrorizing that back line. For Especially the first 30 minutes. Yes, for Especially those first 30 game. minutes, they had no answers for O'Brien. And well, by I the way, say, Gaffer yeah, got yeah, about yeah. at some point. You know, so I'm just saying, perfect win for the coach, for, for, for the manager, and also a statement win, a signature victory this early. And honestly, it, it I think it announces FC Dallas as a legit contender. It, it, I'm not saying they're going to win the most cup, but they're not a team to sleep on. And I think, I think this is the kind of victory that raises eyebrows across the league and goes, whoa, wait a minute, maybe Dallas is onto something. It, it all started from um, Tomasi's pinpoint pass to O'Brien, so I want to give that up to his mouth, right? <laughs> hey, without that pass, O'Brien doesn't doesn't feed Pereira. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, is guys, is two of our assists came from Farfan and Tomasi, and the other one was a steal 
in the middle of the field from Paxton. Great play of anticipating that middle square pass and intercepting it. But you I, know. I, I want to point out that that second goal came after that disputed uh, non-goal. Yeah, right. A little luck, and, a little and, luck there. And and, and it's and not mind a goal. You, not I'm not goal. saying I'm not saying it was a goal. I'm saying the Lakers were still arguing about it. They the Lakers. lost. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, the Galaxy. Excuse me, I've been watching Winning Time, so I, I got the Lakers <laughs> in my head. But it, it, it was like a Laker fast break the way FC Dallas was scoring anyway. But I still think we're in the hole, but getting screwed on those goals. I mean, I remember a couple years when we got screwed. You know, Galaxy were so busy still. They were still literally arguing that goal, non-goal. They were arguing it was a goal. That's what I'm getting at. That they, they they lost focus and FC Dallas capitalized. If you if you watch the replay of that game, they were still going on about, hey hey hey, you know, weren't you watching the replay? And boom, they get seconds started. later. Yeah, just seconds and later. That's mm -hmm. that's that's also on the manager. I I, I, I want right. to point out that we're not seeing moments like that from 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 FC Dallas. We're not we're not seeing you know obvious lack of concentration and focus. This year, we saw it a lot last year. And we didn't year. have Velasco. He's a big piece of our offense, right? I mean, like, we didn't have Velasco in there either. I'm talking about consistent, focused play from this team. And that's why the defense is better because the team is focused and playing as an actual team. All three uh, the back line, the midfield, and the attackers are all in sync. This is something that we had issues with in the past couple of years where. The back line might have been playing great, but the midfield was looking like crap. It was never the team was never in sync last season. Well, there was always one unit that always seemed behind everybody else. Well, let, so. let's be clear too. Like the surprise stories, like of, of this season. I mean, Tomasi, I mean, he was emerging last season. He was kind of in that contention. He was kind of solid. He was right, solid right, and, and and he's continuing to grow. And, and he is a real defensive asset. I think he may not be the offensive asset yet, um, but but what 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 a, a interesting Farfan too. We were all moaning about Hollingshead, who has been a great servant for this club. Uh, man, yeah. Farfan, that that ball <laughs> on the third goal was just. It's just nice. It's just wonderful. It's why you watch this game. But also, can we talk about the other guy that that we were we had in the doghouse probably a few weeks back? Quinon, Facundo. Quinon. Oh, we, we had him. <laughs> I'm sorry, we didn't just have him in the doghouse. We we had a lot of fans that ridden him off last season. You know, let's let's forget the fact that some players really do need a whole year to acclimate, and now he looks. Like a tan player, he looks like. No, where was this guy? Where was this guy last year? Right. He's looking every bit as the guy that he was advertised at, and a lot of us, including myself, had basically said this guy is a waste. And now all of a sudden, you've got a tan player who, by the way, is in his prime. This guy isn't old. This guy is the top of his game, and and honestly, not a guy you're probably going to sell either. So you you got him locked up for a couple of years. Wow, this doesn't is, look like the same player from last year at all. Absolutely, mm -hmm. that's that's what a, a year difference in MLS does. Is you, you got a guy who's now comfortable and has found his footing, and 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 you know we don't know if he was, you know he had played a full season when he arrived, so you don't know if he was fighting exhaustion or linger injuries. 
Yeah. You can never tell. Well, let, let's get to a couple of questions from our buddy Hoach here. Uh, uh, question, how long does a coach need to have with his team to know what they are capable of? We see the Open Cup was used to test the depth of the squad. Is Nico still learning about his squad? And I think, yes. I mean, you know, obviously, I don't think you can know about your squad and even in six months, you know, it's, you know, it's a process. It's a process to get to know people, get to know what they're capable of, to see things in practice, but then to see who delivers on the field um, and and who, you know, yeah, who, who gets it done in, in clutch moments. And so I do think the Open Cup was a chance for for uh, Nico to give Shun a run. He's Shun has probably been begging for first-team minutes to give some of these guys minutes get them fit, but also to see, hey, if you do something well, you know, make life interesting for me it, it, when I pick the team on Saturday or Sunday. Um, yeah. I think I think the main thing from from these first couple of games with Nico is that, I mean, Hoach later asks about uh, formations. I think that's the main thing he's been tinkering with. He's, he's going to be tinkering with now, but I think he has a system, right? Like, he, he's looking... Four four one one maybe sometimes three um, three five two some um, is it three five two or three four three it's a three four three um, uh, like trying to see how they can mesh but the main thing is that we talked about at the beginning of the season that Nico was going to try first to fix the defense then now now try to work on the offense in the beginning of the season on the road and when the team was leading. He stifled games like immediately. Once we were like in a 1 0, 2 0 lead, he would just stifle. And now, when you look at this LA game, that's exactly what we did. We talk about the last like 60 minutes sucking. That's his plan. Because when you look at the XG, there's like there's a Twitter account that does flowcharts for the XG. The first 30 minutes was just massive bars. Like the chances were like at 0.3. After the 60th minute, there wasn't a single chance above point one. That is Nico's game plan. Now he is still learning. Like he wants to see how the three four three will work. Because again, I think especially in the SKC game, we can't take much because those are reserve players. But I think we saw the deficiencies with that formation. It causes those two midfielders to have to work like crazy, and that's why we see Surreal. Um, like just dead. Like that that kid was run off the field because he was just dead. So I mean, he's trying to see how he can fix these formations. But we have his game plan. He he has it. I think there might be some edits here and there later on, but I think we have his game plan. Where like for the first 45, 60 minutes, he he wants the team to push, to score, to press, to possess the ball in that beautiful soccer that we saw against LA. Um, and then once the lead is secured with the two like two zero lead, or even if it's one zero and it's late in the game, just stifle the game, ruin it, make it unwatchable for us. He doesn't care. Like just make it so painful to for the team to score and have to pull a, a Douglas Costa free kick shot to be able to score. That's his game plan, and I think that's a way to. A playoff home match. That's especially with what we've seen with this team. I, I want to add to that. That by the way, I, I, I had explained when I when I did my reaction to the match that I, it was a comfortable win. I know we weren't comfortable with it, but it was a comfortable win because the fact is that LA does not have a potent offense. You know, Chicharito is 
honestly overhyped. You're talking about a team that came into the match with FC Dallas, having scored like 11 goals in 10 matches. So once we were up 3-0, that match was over. Galaxy was not going to pump three goals into FC Dallas unless there was a red card involved or some shenanigans. At no point, and Nico knew this. Nico's like, all right, we're up 3-0, game over. Let's let's close the show. And I know we would have loved more goals. And mind you, mind you, they, they probably could have scored more goals. But the point is, is the Galaxy were not going to come out and, 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 and rally back because mm-hmm. that's they don't have that kind of attack. I don't think Once Nico they, wanted more goals. He just, once no, the goals exactly. were in, just exactly. kill the game. And honestly, late, late, you know, after the 80th minute, there were several times where they had opportunities where you saw the team just kind of like, yeah, let's maybe just yeah. make the extra pass. Or, or, you know, you saw that they weren't really going for the jugular. They were like, hey, this game's over. We don't have to, you know. Oh, so, so, so they, I, they were so, merciful. So it, was, it was a comfortable win. The game was over. They knew it. LA Galaxy knew it, too. Yeah, Dallas, uh, Dallas was merciful to Los Angeles Galaxy fans, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, but but to the question about uh, Nico, I think he knows what he has now. I think that uh, the first part of the season was about defense, getting the defense solid. Uh, as, every game that I watched, I see a little bit more wrinkles on offense, a little bit different passing. The the, the uh, Ariola's fake, you know, stuff like that. Just the passing is a little bit more dynamic in the final third, but. You know, beginning of the year, we didn't really see that. It was like a little bit more safe passes, but now we're starting to see more dynamic in the final third, and it's really looking good in the final third. But looking at the stats, I think one thing we can tell you about Nico is that he's got his lineup. You know, the, there's a few guys that are in the over 700 minutes for the year. Ariola, you know, the back line doesn't do a lot of running. They just pretty much stay in the back, defend under Nico, so they can pretty much play the whole year. Martinez, Hedges. Farfan, Tomasi, they're not coming up. So I'm not worried about their minutes. It's more of the midfielder where Paxton and, and Jesus and those guys, we really don't have anyone else besides them at the end of the year. And going into World Cup, that's where my concern is. But um, we'll see if that changes when, when the schedule, when we have a lighter team. Maybe we might see Jesus get a rest. But, you know, Jesus and Paxton are the, and Ariola are the two that are, you know, had a lot of minutes for those positions and they keep running a lot. So, that's the thing I would think, you know, going farther. Do we see him give a night off to Jesus or Paxton? I'm kind of glad now, looking at the stats, that we're not in the open cup anymore because we don't have the team to make the run. So I want to address the Siki okay. uh, question. Yeah. By the way, Siki is just basically the opportunity is there for minutes. There's nobody behind behind uh, Paxton and Cervania, and, and the minutes where they're available, and Siki has simply seized that opportunity. Mind you, I, I don't I talk soccer, FC Dallas, all over the place, you know, social media, this and that, and I talk to other people, and there have been people that are out there just trashing Siki, saying how horrible he is, and, and just, you were talking about Purist, just, who's like, just, hmm. and, and I've been having to defend him, because the, the bottom line is Siki, is getting minutes because the only way to explain him is he's chaos out there. He's causing havoc. His his anticipation is great. His tackling, his energy is just very shifty with the ball. This guy is like a whirling dervish all over the place. And mind you, it cuts both ways. But he's a rookie. Okay, give me the fact that he's an older rookie and whatnot. This is his first year professional. And honestly, he. But you cannot lack his effort. You, you his his 
pluses outweigh his negatives. Yeah. He's not he's not a finished product, but here's a guy who's going out there and doing everything, mm-hmm. everything he can to help this team win. And you cannot go against that and say this guy is a bad player or or or, or whatever. This yeah. kid is going out there, and honestly, he's just finding ways to help the team more yeah. than hurt it. Yeah, we and just it's, talked about it's, Baku. Yeah, Baku's it's just been playing it's, for ages. Yeah, with Siki, it's kind of insane because it's not just his first year. This is he's never played center mid. Exactly. He was a winger or a striker. <laughs> yeah, and I think like people are talking about how his high ceiling was, and I think in the group chat they were talking about. Who has the higher ceiling, Cervania and Seeking? I think it is still Cervania. Oh, but yeah, Seeking, but I've talked to people in other places too. Yeah, that's what I was but like with Seeking, the his ceiling is like a Jonathan Osorio with Toronto, where he probably doesn't go anywhere, but he will. He can become an MLS lifer. When we he talk about MLS him, lifer. yeah, yeah, when like especially if he continues to like again, when you say. When you put a player from the draft in a position he's never played and he plays to this level, that means he's extremely adaptable and obviously eager to learn. So, I mean, when we talk about, like, the learning curve, yes, he still has to be very careful. His chaos is awesome, but it could be, like, more focused and narrow line to specific moments where he doesn't risk yellow cards in the fifth, uh, second yellow cards in the 50th minute in a game that you're I saw that. Yes, right. Right. Yeah. But, like, that's... That like I, I'm sorry, the fact that he's a he was a winger sh- it shows because his whole thing is wanting to push the ball forward. There was a stat at the beginning of the year where he was like in the 98th percentile for forward passes. That's his mindset. He wants to go forward. He want like he will keep the ball instead of passing it backwards. Like that's his mindset. And I think it's uh, it stands out. Yeah. It stands out in a midfield like with Pax and Cervania and Cerio. Where although they will make that forward pass, if it's not secure, they will always drop it back. So with Siki, it's like, nah, I'm just gonna risk it. I'm just gonna try. Well, so he's a, gun, he's a gunslinger out there. Yeah. He's basically so, I mean, shooting from the hip. So, I mean, Cervania will probably come back to being a starter once this crazy week is ended and we're back to just a weekly games. But Siki's there, and I mean, when we're talking about how good this midfield is, it's very likely that one of the three will go. With I mean. Cirio's not the starter anymore, so maybe not him. But like Paxton and Cervania, especially in the first part of the season, like impressed everybody. And we're not the only ones watching these games. Siki is available now. It's not like we're down in the mouth, dang, we have to find a TAM player in South America, have to replace them. If Siki continues this growth, again, MLS life 100% possible. All right. And you can make a good living yeah. nowadays being an MLS lifer. And, and that's what you want. That's yeah. what this team needs. It needs NFL lifers. It needs a Matt Hedges. It needs Farfan, who's probably going to be an MLS lifer. you got a guy like Siki, who's probably going to be an MLS lifer. you got Ariola, Sumasi. <laughs> These are the guys that can be the core, the base that you build upon. <laughs> the, more, the more of well, them you have them, the better a team you'll be. I was at the Tulsa for the uh, U.S. Open game. This is real quick, but I was but I was keeping an eye on Velasco because Velasco was wide open and Siki was in the game. And on multiple occasions, he was wide open, never saw Velasco, and I saw Velasco get upset. That's one thing that he needs to bring his game up is seeing the open guys and making that pass and not taking the extra touch. Yeah. There were times where he took an extra touch, and by the time he got it to Velasco, it was too late. So uh, you know, and and he's just and a rookie. He's just a rookie. A lot of people, a lot of people see this, and and that's what they harp on. They're looking at the bad things that he does. 
but he does more good than bad, and 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 I'm okay with it. He's not he's not really a starter, but he's proven that he can be a guy that can give you an occasional start off the bench, which is what this team desperately needed. Yeah, he's he's good. He's quick. He's shifty. He makes good passes. Uh, I was just bringing out something I'm showing that he's still a rookie. That's all. I was just rookie. Yes. Yeah, good stuff. And and you know, really, do we know the ceiling of this kid yet? I don't know. You know, is he MLS life or could he be more? I mean, there were there were moments on Saturday where he, if he had slotted home a goal, you know, it's just we we don't know because he had plays, he had opportunities. So there's a lot to learn. Uh, Javier, we're going to get to your question in just a moment, but let's go ahead and jump to celebrate Jesus. We didn't get to the Nico clip, but but at this point we're past that. Um, but let's let's hear. Jesus uh, respond, I think, to John Arnold from the striker. Please follow them uh, about after the game uh, on Saturday, just kind of about what what it meant to get him, what it takes to get him going, to be scoring this many goals, to be the golden boot leader at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, at the beginning, um, a lot of people were asking if they thought we were going to be able to score, um, if I was the man that Dallas needed uh, to be able to uh, provide those goals. And, you know, at the beginning, I had to switch my mentality from a 10 to an act to be able to be that goal scorer for, for the team and help the team uh, score goals and win games. Um, I know that the coaching staff had a lot of confidence in me. Um, I know it took a little bit than, than what I wanted it to be. Um, but once once I started, um, I knew when I was adapting to, you know, center backs being tight on me, not having a lot of time. And so just the, the, the patient period and the coaches having a lot of confidence in me uh, really helped me a lot. Just, and Tommy had to run, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, just confidence in him. Jesus in the lead for the Golden Boot right now. Not, again, the storyline maybe that we imagined. We lost Pepe. In fact, uh, that's Javier's question is, uh, you know, any thoughts about a possibility of, of Pepe being loaned to FC Dallas this summer to boost his confidence? I, I don't think so. I think Pepe needs a, a off season there. You're fine, Tommy. You're fine. Uh, Pepe needs an off season there to, uh, you know, to, to acclimate with his team and, and, and work hard there. But and especially with with Jesus playing the way he is, I don't think there's a lot of minutes for Pepe unless something weird happens. Well, but I want to say that, you know, when everybody was, like, worried about Jesus scoring goals and just, like, you know, Pepe's kind of going through that right now. If you don't get the service, you don't get the space, you don't get the ball in the attacking field, you're not going to score. I never lost faith in Jesus because I just, as I said before, I knew he was a good player from all the coaches that I've talked to and his dad, right? So I know it's in his blood. But just because he didn't score doesn't mean he's a bad player. And I'd say the same thing for Pepe. He's not scoring, but he's not playing. But, you know, sometimes Americans get a raw deal. And, and, it, and it's ridiculous that in the last game of the season that nothing to play for. They didn't even get this guy on the field, give him some minutes. It was just plain ridiculous. And uh, I would say that uh, Jesus is up there for the World Cup, and so is Pepe. I still have my faith in those I, two. I, um, I just want to say that people are just overreacting to, overreacting to Pepe right now. Uh, Augsburg didn't pay that much money for him to sit this long. Mind you, this first year, it's understandable that he's, he's got to acclimate. But you spend that much on a player, you're eventually going to try to build around him. So I would say give him an off season, have him bring in somebody that can get in the ball, and maybe tailor the offense a little bit more to take advantage of him. It's coming. 
but it's, yeah, it was absolutely. never going to happen. It was never going to happen overnight. Not especially well, not with a team like that. Especially not with a team where the chances were going to be very few. It was always going to be the first year he was going to have to eat it, and I think Oxford knows that, and that's why they're not forcing him out there. They don't have to. I hope so. It's just basically it's his first year. He'll in and off get a full off season. They'll bring in some more players to better to try to sort of find a way to to complement him. And then we'll see next year, you know, where people will probably, you know, forget that they were ever bad mouth and peppy at all because that happens. So <laughs> let, let, let it be written. Let it be put in stone. I have not given up on Pepe. Pepe and Ferreira, one and two for World Cup. Tommy said it here. Right. Right. I mean, when we're talking about Jesus specifically, um, I mean, just to keep it short, I mean, um, Jeff Cunningham won – um, the MLS Golden Boot in 2009 with 17 goals. Again, it's a shorter season. I think it's a shorter season back then. But, I mean, he's more than halfway there. And, I mean, realistically, he is more likely than not, probably not going to be the Golden Boot. But, I mean, anything is possible. And, I mean, if he gets the Golden Boot, there is no way he doesn't get called up to the World Cup. And if he gets called up to the World Cup and he starts and plays well, he's gone. So, I mean, I'm, I love this kid. He's played insanely well. And I will be the first to admit that I had extreme doubts. I voiced them supremely, like, about how he would be able to hold up that striker. But, I mean, his movement off the ball is just so good. I mean, again, I think his finishing has been helped because of service. Ariola. Velasco, Obreon, they get him that service. It hopefully just stays consistent the rest of the year. That's that's the main thing. He stays consistent, stays healthy. There's no end to what the kid can do. Right. And and that service also is there because they have confidence in him. These are players that are seeing him basically him get at the end of that ball and score. So it they're like, yeah, keep feeding him. He's our hot hand. And and uh, I agree. By the way, we should be talking about. I'm not. I'm not zeroing in on the golden boot, but we should be talking about what's our goal expectation for him for the season. If if he he there's no injuries or anything like that, what's his ceiling right now? I, I mean, mean is, ceiling, this, is, is he a twenty goal, twenty goal yeah, scoring I mean, guy? Twenty five. Ceiling is yeah. Ceiling is twenty five. I think the over the, that's ceiling, but like over under, I think if we if we make the over under like nineteen, I'd I'd say over more more likely than not. Again, if everything goes right, He's I think that's right now. It's at nine. We're ten third, more goals. Third away to the season. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I mean, I would take nineteen goals. <laughs> yeah, nineteen goals. I, I'm good. Hell, like, I would take 15. I mean, most seasons, yeah. you know, like 50. Give us 15. I, mean, I, I think you got to. I think you got to put 20 at, as the over under. I mean, it, yeah. could he hit 20? I, I think he can. I wouldn't be surprised if he if there's a lull there. But I think that's doable. I mean, once weren't we all just praying for a 20 goal score? I mean, I think yeah, we were I just know. begging for a 10 goal score. In all honesty, I mean, his third goal, right? All I had, I was thinking about it. The joke I wanted to make was, uh, but it's it's probably too old for some of these these FC Dallas fans watching on this here newfangled technology. Was like, give Christian Coleman that 
that opportunity. He probably misses it, right? But Jesus buries exactly. it. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's a great point. Because because Christian had a few of those moments and he just somehow missed it. You know, I don't know. It happens. It happens. It's it's soccer. Mental, it's hard. Yeah. But yeah, it's mental. But you know, if Jesus can keep just knocking these things away, who knows? Who knows? Well, right. the, the other thing, the biggest thing for Jesus has been Nico. Last year, we didn't have this offense. Remember, I, I said so many times, go look at Twitter, how many times Brian Acosta shot from away from 30 yards out. And, you know, we just never had that mentality to pass in the box, be patient. You know, if you take a shot that doesn't hit the target, it's not going to score, right? So that's the philosophy I see to Nico. If you got a shot, it's not going to hit the target, don't take it. You know, keep passing until you get that opportunity. Yes, there are times where they do fire a few shots, but for the most part, our shots are in the goal, on the target. It's saved by the keeper, you know. And and I want to add that last year, I I never once believed Ferreira was a was a attacking mid. I always thought that they was being played <laughs> out of position, and and I mean he can play it, but is it, is it his optimal position? And I never believed it was. Just because you can play a position doesn't mean that you should always play that position. And that, honestly, that was my opinion last year. And I honestly was looking forward to him playing as a striker and and very happy. I think most FCD fans are happy that that's what he's getting that chance to prove that that's where he belongs. Good stuff. Yeah, come on, reference there. Um, <laughs> good. Hey, uh, so let's shift over to North Texas SC before we return to FC Dallas and talk about this upcoming week. Um so North Texas SC also traveled up to Vancouver, an away game against the Whitecaps, and snapped their unbeaten streak, yes. I believe. It was at home. Yeah. Oh, it was at home. It, it was yeah. in North Texas, yeah. But oh, I am sorry. Ba- Van- Vancouver came in basically 15 points. Their only loss was to Houston in Houston by one goal, and they had not lost since. And, mm-hmm. and this is a team that very similar to Houston, former U23 team, they just bolster it up, and, and they play solid, solid soccer. They don't beat themselves. They'll, they'll beat you with set pieces. And not, not a team that you go, wow, what a great team. But you look at them and you go, man, this team plays solid ball all the way around. And North Texas had to battle to the very end. I think that they gave them like nine extra minutes. It was some ridiculous. They played forever in extra time. Um you know, the old Jesse Gonzalez curse <laughs> apparently also haunts North Texas. But, I mean, I was watching all of that going, Jesus, just blow the whistle already because, I mean, Vancouver was still pushing. They're a very good team and a team a team uh, that, honestly, they're the front runners in the division that North Texas, Houston, and St. Louis are not in right now. So a great, really a great win for North Texas. Yeah, and Mulatto, you got Mulatto. Yeah, and I think with Mulatto specifically, I think we're like he's he's only started a couple of games, and we're hoping for like consistency. Like he's gonna he like at least he's showing he can pull that wild stuff out of the bag. But like what I'm looking with Mulatto specifically is if he can score that run of the mill goal because like he hasn't had the opportunity to do that enough yet. But when we look at Mulatto, we see a player that I think is obviously heads and shoulders above North Texas level. Because, I mean, that's what you expect when Bayern sign a player from Colombia. That's an expectation. But, I mean, again, Mulatto being loaned here isn't – like FC Dallas didn't do that because, hey, 
we want to get a player from Bayern. Let's just have fun and do it. The idea with Mulatto is, again, he's probably not going to start at Bayern anytime soon. Is this a player that we can have in the future? And when we're talking about Jesus, maybe World Cup MVP year, probably leaving at the end, does Mulatto have the skill set to replace Jesus? We haven't seen it yet, but I think we've seen a little bit of like twinkles of him being able to do it. And just, I, I'm again, I'm hoping he gets a couple more consistent starts. Uh, and like, is just able, like, of course, I, I would love to see like free kick goal, like some long shots. That's fun. But like, just a cross and then a score, like, just to the, do that like five, six times in like 10 games, just to do that consistently would be wonderful. And I think that would prove that he has that capability of maybe possibly being the first player to make the second player besides Pampi to make that full transition. I, I want to add though, that Mulatto arrived late. He joined North Texas really late because of visa issues. So it's not that he's only started a couple of games because he, you know, sat on bench a lot. He just wasn't here. And, and he gives that North Texas team one thing that they've lacked in the past couple of years, and that's a guy that can score out of nowhere, that basically you're only going to get limited chances to score in certain games, and Vancouver wasn't allowing anything. Solid defense, and they, there wasn't many opportunities. And if I remember correctly, I think Mulatto forced a turnover and then scored it. I mean, wow, that was fantastic. And, and this is a guy who's very raw, and I agree with Ishmael that, that he's probably too good to be playing in North Texas. But the truth is, is he's too good to be playing for Bayern's reserve team. So this level higher, probably than, 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 than I mean, if Bayern sent him here, they must assume that this level is higher than that level. And after a year in North Texas, maybe they say, okay, why don't we loan him to your senior team? And I think that's what we got to look at. That's his ceiling right now is, is, is here's a kid who's 19 years old, raw, but you see his tools and he's got everything. He's got size, speed. I mean, he's just a physical specimen and it's just a matter of, you know, watching this kid. He, he's just, you're just watching the tip of the iceberg and we don't know. We haven't seen the best of him yet because he's still he's still learning so yeah i think there's a player who knows maybe maybe at some point half season if he makes that next step they go okay maybe maybe we'll loan him up to fc dallas we saw that last year happen with uh uh cesar uh getting getting loaned up i'm just saying i think i think he's too raw for that but you never know i think this kid's a kid that you could see him brought back again for a second-year loan, but the next time with the senior team. Good stuff. And, and, and I think with North Texas as well, you're, you're seeing um, what you want to see from a team like this, which is uh, you know you, you have to rely on um, uh, Filippo uh, to come in, um, Felipe, Carnero, uh, and he maybe doesn't have the best game when he and, first, you know, and he gets better every game. I mean, that's what you want to see. That yeah. was against the Houston Dynamo, by the way, too, who are the number one team in the league. I mean, that's a hell of an intro, and that's 
if that's your bad game, I mean, he hasn't looked bad since. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he even saved a, a penalty, uh, not this game, but the previous week. So, yeah. so think, he's looked yeah. like a solid get. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing with North Texas is I don't think we've had, like, a group of guys that have shown the potential to move up. Every year it's been, like, a star. Like, uh, when Pepe played, it was Pepe. You could maybe argue Jata could have, but it was mainly Pepe. When it was Che, he was mainly the only one until Ferry and Nicky Hernandez. Like, yeah, Nicky Hernandez was that year. Um, Ferry was the year after. Um, so, like, you've seen, like, one or two players pop up. I honestly, at this point, I really want the team to sign. Um, besides Mulatto, maybe I still want to see a little bit more. But I think I've seen enough in these last two years to want Kamungo, uh, to want Hope, and to want Ferry to be given those opportunities. I think Ferry was given the opportunity but was played uh, let, let to stay in North Texas. And that has like hamper- – because he was playing at such a high level. So I think it's hampered a little bit, like how high he was playing. Maybe that was just – it was inconsistent to keep it that well. But, again, those play- – like that core group is just – bossing the attack and i think it's it's over it's overshadowed how the defense has been not bad per se but mostly average uh in terms of north texas but this core of attack is just has been so impressive not because they're going out and scoring seven goals but because they're consistent and they're showing the tools to be able to at least try out for mls like they're showing that they have the capability and the upside Okay, one, one thing I wanted to add, though, a couple of notes on that match, because uh, I was looking at the lineups for that match, and uh, I want to point out that Santiago Ferreira, <laughs> Santi Ferreira, uh, who has been getting a lot of starts, I think he started pretty much every match right now for North Texas as an 8, played this match as a 6, and probably had his best match uh in a North Texas jersey. And, and he's a guy who I'm thinking, I know a lot of people aren't very high on him because he's not uh, his brother. He's not an offensive force. But here's a kid who is looking solid in North Texas. And I think he's a guy that you can either, you can probably expect will at some point get a North Texas contract. Uh, he's still, I mean, he's basically on a, on a academy contract, if I remember correctly. So, I like to see him get signed, and I think I think he's a good midfielder, and and we may have found his spot for him right now because he played really good as a six. Uh, I want to say I want to say I don't think it's the first time he's played. I think they've moved him there a couple of times, but it's the first time where I saw him start there, and and he looked really good. And the other thing is uh, another academy kid started that game, and that's Nolan Norris started at left back because uh, our number one. Uh, pick Parker got a red card the match before, mm-hmm. so so uh, Norris also looked really good. Uh, two academy kids to keep an eye on that. That you know, I'm not uh, people. The ceiling doesn't have to be homegrown for nowadays. It's either you're either homegrown or you're North Texas signing, and I think they both look like North Texas signings. Good stuff. Uh, and, and, and Santi actually got a shout out uh, with, uh, I think, uh, 
uh, on the MLS uh, winners losers kind of Twitter show thing that they they did this morning. I he got mentioned uh, in addition to his older brother Jesus and his their father David. So interesting stuff. Well, look, we're almost out of time here. Uh, let's close out. We got uh, a big week for FC Dallas. They travel on to well, I guess they're already on the West Coast. They head up to Vancouver to play the Whitecaps. They continue their road trip, Western road trip. Continue their Western road trip up in the Pacific Northwest against Vancouver, a team where there are definitely points on the table, the points on the line here, uh, points possible against a Vancouver team that has not been super great. And then back home on Sunday evening against Minnesota, another team that has not been at their best. So a potential six-point week. So I guess just really quickly here as we close things out tonight, uh, what's your prediction? How many points does FC Dallas come away with this week? And I know there might be like, we want all six points, but what do you think we come away with this week? Ishmael, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to say four points, probably a win against Vancouver, but like tired legs get a draw in Minnesota. I think the main thing is whether or not Pace and, and uh, who, Pace Velasco and Martinez, yeah, it's Martinez, are able to get out of their isolation. Because if Pace and Martinez are able to get out, they're they're fresh for Minnesota. They they're probably not going to go to Vancouver. If Velasco can play against Vancouver, that give Obreon some rest to be able to play, and give some rotation. Um, so, hoping for four points. I honestly expect three points against Vancouver more than I do against Minnesota because of well, just but, but Minnesota's at home. Minnesota's yeah, at home. I still I still expect it. I still expect three points okay. more against Vancouver than I do against Minnesota. Just because of the travel and the current um, tired legs and this crazy trip that we've taken. All right. Jose? I I want to agree with Ishmael, but I think I think it's six points. Six points are on the table. That's what the team if it's a ser- if it's serious about being a contender should be shooting for. Vancouver's attack is horrible. I think they've scored like ten goals all year. They've allowed twice as many goals. Like Ismail said, that should be a W. The only real concern there is tired legs. Uh, that that's really the concern. But you come home to Min- and I don't and, and at home against Minnesota. I still expect three points against Minnesota. That's another team that's also struggling to put up goals. And and with Dallas's, uh, I'm not saying that Ishmael's wrong. And and uh, yes, we should be concerned that Minnesota could very well come in and 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 mock it up and walk out of here with a draw that is a possibility they they've allowed 12 goals and scored 12 goals so that's on the table for them but i think i think it's six points on the table right now it's vancouver is so bad you need to come in there get a goal shut the game down win one zero win two zero get that done and then and then, yeah, I think I think FC Dallas gets a 1-0 win against Minnesota after that. It won't be pretty, but at home, they'll get it done. I think you've seen where Nico will shut that game down as long as he has to. Let them melt in that summer heat. Well, you know, summer-like heat. 
and then pour it on late with the reserves. And I think that's what will happen is it'll be we'll all be like, oh, my God, we look terrible. We're going to we're going to we're going to draw. And then we'll be celebrating at the end. I, I expect six points from this. And if if they're as good a team as I think they are, and I'm one of those guys, I'm telling people, embrace the hype. This team, we may be looking at a special team this season, unlike other FC Dallas teams. You should embrace the hype because this team, I think, is legit. Our biggest concerns are depth, but right now I think our starting 11 can play with anybody and beat anybody. And and I, I think they're going to go – snatch three from Vancouver and then they're going to come home and they're going to eke out a win against Minnesota. Tommy. Yeah, I agree. I think we win against Vancouver on Wednesday, uh, even with the three players out. Uh, hopefully we get those players back from Minnesota. Uh, I think, I think Velasco home... traveled. Pardon? Velasco traveled. So he may okay. actually play. So, uh, but depending on the last game, I mean, you know, we got to see how it goes if they, no one gets ejected. I, I know that being two games in one week, he's going to have to change the lineup and get someone a breather. I'm sure he's got his plan already worked out. We do have a kind of like – we don't have a, a, a big depth for, for roster, you know, for two games in a week. So he's going to have to change it out, and that most likely would be in the midfield. We might see Hara start one of the – we might see Hara start Wednesday, maybe, with a, with Jesus subbing in, but I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what Nico comes up with, but I think I believe he's got to – He's got to do something similar to what he did with the Open Cup. He can't just go with the same lineups two weeks, two days, you know, two games. And by the way, I think I think uh, Martinez and Paz not having traveled is a blessing in disguise because they'll be rested. I just I just hope that they're able to get out of isolation. That's the main thing. Like we're talking about Velasco coming out is a given. It, It might be like we talk about how it just might be like they were at a party or something. We don't know. It might actually be like getting COVID and hopefully it's it, not. But if they're available, if they're available, then it'll have been a blessing in disguise. Well, so Obr- Obrion was a great, was a great fit for the galaxy game with his mm-hmm. speed, getting behind that, that back line that was high. And, so. and really exposed, exposed their lack of speed. And, you know, this league's a copycat league and so, other teams will see what Dallas did and go, I think we can replicate that. So we should be interesting to watch how galaxy, um, respond because certainly other teams will try to copy what Dallas did and and I'm definitely gonna say we're gonna get four points but I say six is not out the question well good stuff and I'm you know six points I I like the six points I think that's of course the ceiling um you know four points is is fine if we go into Vancouver and we just we grit out a draw um especially with the with the travel and with the with the short with the tired legs um you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's the question, how Nico's going to swap guys around, how he's going to work this out. I would love to see some rotation against Vancouver, but on the other hand, too, there's points to be had there. So, mm-hmm. But you got to protect your house. So, hey, it's going to be an interesting week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with four points this week. Uh, I think I think that, that win against L.A. just really um, puts us uh, uh, in, in pole position now, and so four points would be a good good spot to be but hey if, if we get six i'm i'm happy i'm happy not not and just want to point out that minnesota also plays wednesday yeah so they'll be in the same boat and and that's my three that's what i'm saying six points because yes fc dallas will be tired but so will minnesota mm-hmm. and at home with the home crown behind them i expect three so like i said let's embrace the hype people 
This, I All think right. this team's legit, and 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 I expect six points. I I think if, right. I honestly think if we don't get six points, you should be disappointed with. Well, good. Well, let's let's leave it there. We appreciate everyone watching. All the great questions tonight from Hoach and Javier um, and, and others who are watching along. And, of course, if you missed the live stream, you can listen in on um, anchor.fm slash bigdafterdark or wherever you find podcasts. Please subscribe. And uh, that's right, Javier, Dallas, till I die. It's a great time to be a Dallas fan. Uh, great yes, season yes. so far. Who knows what, what's going to unfold, but you know we'll be here along the way every Monday evening to break down the results, to watch some clips, to have some fun, uh, and to give credit where credit is due, including Emma Tumasi. Done deal. That's right. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh right. Hey, real, real, real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. Real quick. Tomasi, if you haven't listened to the FC Dallas podcast, the official podcast where they interview Tomasi, it's a great live story of everything that he's went to to be on the field today. He, He's gone through a lot, and he had to work very hard to be where he is, moving away from home. It's just it's worth listening to. I have so much respect Great. for this guy. I have to listen to it. So definitely check it out. It's my tip of the week. Excellent, Excellent plug. Great. Great tip of the week there, Tom. Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want one next week, too. We need a Tommy tip of the week. All right. Um, <laughs> let's leave it there. Good night, everybody. Good night, uh, let's, guys. Let's go FC Dallas. Good night, guys. Let's go. Good night.